0: you got cooking how about cooking something up with me let's
1: stir it up boys
0: welcome to the boyd seafood outdoor (laughs) cooking show a weekly excursion into the fine art of preparing the world's most popular recipes under an open sky and an open flame boyd's one stop is located at the base of the texas city dike now here's the old grill sergeant randy hayes
2: It has been my
3: experience that sometimes one short moment in time can have a long-lasting impact on the rest of your day, or even the rest of your life. And yeah, I have a couple of examples of that, good and bad. Well, uh, first of all, welcome to the show. I didn't mean to be rude and not acknowledge your presence. I'm just a forgetful old man sometimes. So hello, glad you could join us for another episode of the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Now, back to that part about the one short moment in time that can have a long-lasting impact on you. could be in the following few moments. could be the following few years. You know, I'm honored to be a military veteran. But don't get me wrong. (laughs) I wasn't all that honored about it at the time. In fact, being in the U.S. Army was just about the last place I wanted to be in the late 60s and early 70s. And I've said this before, too, if at any point in time during those two years the Army had come to me and said, We no longer require your services, young man. You may go home right now. I'd have been out of there faster than Usain Bolt on gold medal day at the Olympics. And I'm not kidding. Heck, I was in my early 20s. My broadcasting career was just beginning to take off. So wearing a uniform and a severely short haircut were not exactly my idea of a good time, if you know what I mean. And I think you do. However, as I've grown older—and hopefully a little bit wiser—I've come to recognize that my time in the service was two of the most important and instructive years of my entire life. And in retrospect, I'm very proud to be able to call myself a veteran. Not that I want to go back or anything, not at all. Truth be told, I have a recurring nightmare about being drafted back into the Army, today. Not back in 1969, but right now in 2021. In my dream, I even yelled at nobody in particular. I'm 72 years old. What the heck am I going to do in the Army at the age of 72? When I told my wife about the dream, she smirked and said, Well, I guess you could work in Armed Forces Radio and TV. That's what you did the last time. I smirked right back at her and said, There's no need for you to get all logical on me now. I'm having an emotional crisis over here. I swear, that woman can be infuriatingly rational sometimes, and I don't have the patience for that when I'm having a meltdown, you know? Anyway, I was right near the end of those two years in the Army when I experienced one of those short moments in time that have a bigger impact on you a few years later, and I thought I'd share it with you today. I've told you before I was stationed in Seoul, South Korea, yes, in Armed Forces Radio and TV. And when I was just a few weeks away from getting out of the Army, I had a brainstorm. Well, some people, like my father, would say later that it was more like a brain, well, you know, the word begins with F and ends with art. (laughs) You know what I mean. I was anxious to put the military in my rearview mirror, and as was the custom in the early 70s, I wanted to grow my hair long. Yeah, I'm an old hippie, and I don't know what to do. Thank you, Howard and David. But there was no way I could figure out how to grow my hair long before I got out of the army. So I came up with this brain storm to grow a beard. So one morning I shaved as usual. But instead of applying aftershave, like a rational human being would have done, as my wife would remind me, I decided to splash lighter fluid on my face. Yeah, this is where the brain f came into the equation. However, there was method to my madness. I knew it would cause a nasty rash, and then I could get a shaving profile. That's just army lingo for permission to stop shaving. And I could get an early start on growing out my beard before I actually left the army. And it worked. Well, it worked in the sense that I got a nasty rash. But when I went to the sick call to get the shaving profile, the doctor took one look at me and said, why did you put lighter fluid on your face? I was so shocked that he'd figured out what I'd done, I didn't even try to lie about it. I just said, how did you know I put lighter fluid on my face? He said, you smell like Ronsonol. Are you trying to get a shaving profile? Because I would have given you a shaving profile if you'd just asked for it. Don't put lighter fluid on your face, you idiot. But I did get my shaving profile, and it didn't expire until after I was discharged. One of the things that all soldiers have to do when they leave one duty station and go to another is what we call out-processing. And that entails going around to various places like eh, the hospital to get a physical, the finance office to get your pay records, the personnel office to get your 201 file. That's your personnel records. And that's when the drama began. The personnel office was quite a few miles away from my compound, so it was going to be my last stop before I traveled to Osan Air Base to get on my Freedom Bird to fly back to the U.S. At the last minute, I got bumped up to an earlier flight—a couple of days earlier, in fact— so on the morning of my departure, I had to rise early—not all that unusual in the Army, I guess— and ride a bus to the personnel office and then grab a taxi ride to Osan for the noon flight. When I walked into the personnel office, the sergeant in charge was standing by the front desk, and he instantly started to dress me down about my facial hair. This had been going on for a couple of weeks by now, so I had the shaving profile scotch taped to the back of my records packet, and I was really good at just sticking it up directly in the face of any NCO or officer who was outraged by my affront to regulations. The sergeant couldn't argue with shaving profile, but he still wasn't happy at all. He yelled, What do you want, soldier? When I told him I was rotating home that day, and I needed to pick up my personnel records, he almost instantly said, Stay right here. I'll go get them. It took him a long time to do it, and I was under a tight deadline to make my freedom bird. So I asked the clerk at the front desk, What's going on? He said he'd go see what he could do, and within just a minute or so, he came back with my file. I thanked him and hit the door. When we arrived in Seattle... They took us into a large classroom, and we started taking things out of our records and passing them down to the end of the row so they could process all the paperwork. When I opened up my personnel file to take out my physical, it was nowhere to be found. I told somebody about that, so they reassembled my records, and I was escorted out. I asked what was next, and they said that I would have to take the physical all over again right there in Fort Lewis before they could discharge me. The problem was it was Friday at 6 p.m. and Madigan Hospital didn't conduct physicals again until Monday morning. Every single guy I walked in with flew home that night. And I had to wait around all weekend because I needed to retake that stupid physical. And it wasn't until a few years later that it hit me. That sergeant at the personnel office back in Korea, he was mad because I had a beard. So when he went back to get my file, he took the physical out knowing it would delay me down the line. One small moment in time that had a long-lasting impact on me quite a bit later. It's kind of like when my wife, daughter, and I were going to my grandson Liam's select baseball game last weekend. Our daughter Skyler was driving all three of us, so I had to transfer all the seats and drinks and snacks and such from my truck to her trunk, so I accidentally left my cell phone in my front console. Just as we were hitting the entrance ramp for the freeway, I noticed that I'd left it behind, and my wife asked if we needed to go back and get it. I said, no, I don't need it. I'm going to be watching baseball, not looking at my cell phone. And you know what? I was exactly right. We watched not one, but two baseball games over about a four-hour period, and I didn't miss that stupid cell phone one little bit. It was an epiphany of sorts for me. Because it made me realize, I stay way too closely tethered to that stupid cell phone. I carry it from room to room during the workday because I'm afraid I'll miss a business call. And sometimes I even take the darn thing to the bathroom with me. I mean, how much connectivity do I really require? Sometimes we just don't need all those high-tech devices. You know, like that Bluetooth-enabled digital thermometer I've come to depend on when I'm grilling in the backyard. Oh, sure, it's great for steaks and pork chops, but I didn't really need it when I grilled up a half a dozen hot dogs for me, my wife, and my grandson. I just ran a little flame underneath it, and we ate them. So, put your cell phone back in your pocket. Besides, that way you'll be less likely to leave it in your truck. And shut down the iPad while you're at it. Close the lid on your laptop, too, because you won't miss a single one of those things at all during today's edition of the Boyd Cooking Show. I guarantee it. And here's the reason why. We're going to visit with a guy who qualifies as a bonafide low and slow cooking expert. Yeah. As a matter of fact, he's the number four pit master in the entire world. And I'm going to ask him the question, what have you smoked lately? No, wait, I should rephrase that. I mean, after all, I am an old hippie, right?
0: If your barbecue's gone up in smoke and your cooking reputation is at stake, stick around. The old grill sergeant will be right back with more ideas and
3: advice to make your next cookout sizzle. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's. Conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dike. Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dike Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas, but they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, The Name Says It All, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video, or a new website, or help in managing their social media. And my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Seeley on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspas Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original all Spas hardware and boutique features a complete barbecue pit house from gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers they've got it all at the original all Spas hardware and boutique they even offer grill maintenance and repair visit their website allspas.com or just drop by and see for yourself the original all Spas hardware and boutique at 2720 west lake houston parkway in kingwood Life is simple. Eat, sleep,
0: grill. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City dike. Now here's the grill father, Randy Haynes.
3: First timer alert, please make welcome Pitmaster Child Scridlin, who is a competitive smoker and a small business owner. Hey Chiles, good to have you on the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Randy. Thank you very much.
3: So you actually operate an IT company, is that right?
1: Uh, that is correct. I do uh, IT for our federal government. That's what pays the bills and what I do 9 to 5 Monday through Friday. And uh, gives me a great opportunity to uh, play and uh, do barbecue on the weekends.
3: And that means your involvement in low and slow cooking competitions is strictly out of love for the craft. Not professional, right?
1: Uh, that is absolutely correct. Uh, it started off as something that I just you know wanted to do to have fun with, consumed. It consumes most of my weekends now, and I absolutely love it. I wouldn't trade that hobby for the world.
3: Well, let's begin at the beginning, shall we? Uh, where were you born? Where were you reared? Where'd you go to school? And what are your earliest memories of cooking as a child?
1: I was born in Petersburg, Virginia. I uh, had a lot of influence by my grandmother, who was uh, a fantastic cook, she had uh, four boys. My dad was one of four uh, growing up, so she was uh, always uh, cooking something in the kitchen. And I can remember the things that she cooked, like her spaghetti sauce and uh, the steaks and things like that. Um, they, still to this day, uh, I remember just how good they were and how much I craved those when I'd get home from school and go visit her.
3: Becoming a pit master is no easy task. It's no overnight task either. So what or who inspired you to learn those skills necessary to become a competitive low and slow smoker?
1: Well, before I get into barbecue, I got to take one step back and pay a little uh, homage to Brunswick stew, which is really where I got my start. I was in college, and my roommate at the time, uh, his family was from Lawrenceville or Brunswick County, Virginia, and they did a lot of Brunswick stew fundraisers uh, during the fall and winter season. Well it didn't take long before I figured out that I really loved that Brunswick stew, and I would <laughs> take opportunities to go down there and learn how to cook it. And we're talking about driving two hours uh, from you know Virginia from Richmond, uh, where I was going to school at Virginia Commonwealth University at the time, down to Lawrenceville to the fire department. Where uh, we'd get there at three o'clock in the morning and we'd start putting the chicken in the big, you know, 80, 90 gallon uh, cauldrons or pots that we had. And my pay out of that would be two quarts of stew uh, that uh, I'd get to take home because that's what was left over that wasn't sold. Yeah. And I would do that every every other weekend. Well, that kind of took off and got to the point where at one point we were invited up to the Big Apple Barbecue in New York. Uh-huh. That's a, a big barbecue festival up there in uh, Madison Square Park
3: Sure.
1: to cook Brunswick Stoof uh, as part of one of the fundraisers that they were doing there. They put me beside this team called uh, Big Bob Gibson, some pit master named Chris Lilly. And on the other side of me was some gentleman by the name of Mike Mills and 17th Street Barbecue. And I'm you know, making my stew and they're you know, rubbing pork butts and putting briskets on the pit and things like that. And I'm telling you the smells were driving me crazy. Yeah, I about wore out the sidewalk between me and them going back and forth and back and forth asking questions. And let me tell you, they answered every question I had. Uh, they they inspired me in a way that I'd never thought that I could be inspired to do something. And by the next year, when I saw them at the same event, I had my own pit, uh, started with a Lang Model 60, I started getting into the uh, competition world, and Mike Mills and I had several phone conversations going back and forth that got me started on the path.
3: And Childs has some pretty impressive Kansas City Barbecue Society credentials. He's the number four pit master in the world. He's number one in the Mid-Atlantic Barbecue Association, and obviously you're Association with KCBS is one of the reasons for your involvement in the Smithfield Classic that was held over the Labor Day weekend at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. Tell us about that event.
1: Man, what a fantastic time. Uh, Before I start on that, I got to correct you. I have not won in a couple weeks, and this is just like NASCAR. If you're not winning, you start to drop in the polls. So currently, I checked this morning. I am number seven, uh, but it's only going to take me one more win to put me back up to number four. <laughs> so uh, just, just for clarity there.
3: Yeah, okay. But what about the Smithfield Classic?
1: All right, so uh, the Smithfield Classic, this is an event that Smithfield puts on. They rented out a space right next to the N- Nissan Arena. Uh, they pulled out big generators. They had a big tent for the judges, and they even uh, sprung for air conditioning for the judges, which is really nice for them. Uh, no expenses spared. Uh, we're talking a $50,000 prize purse, and they limited the competition to 50 teams. Now, when you put something out there like that, you have uh, 50 of the best teams in the nation uh, that are scrambling to get into this event. Right. Uh, two of the teams that were there uh, were uh, previous winners of uh, Team of the Year uh, for, from KCBS. So when I say the competition was fierce, it was fierce. Uh, but we, still, we always managed to have a great time. The event itself uh, was just a standard KCBS four-meat category where you turn in chicken, ribs, pulled pork, and brisket. And the Grand Champion uh, is derived from the high-scoring accumulation of points of where you ranked in those four categories.
3: And, and there's also a Smithfield Barbecue Grant Program. Talk about that for a minute.
1: You know, Smithfield has gone uh, above and beyond uh, more than any other uh, packing company that I'm aware of. Uh, to go into the competition barbecue community, and not only uh, with competitions. Uh, if you if you're an organizer, uh, you can fill out an application and submit it to Smithfield. Uh, say, hey, this is this is the competition I'm putting on. This is the public component or what we're doing at the event. How many teams? And we'd like Smithfield to help us out to increase the prize pool. And when Smithfield gives you know five, ten thousand dollars, whatever it m- may happen to be uh, for that year for that event. Uh, the organizer will use that money uh, not to pay bigger prizes to the top teams, but to pay more money further down. So maybe instead of paying the top five teams, they might actually pay all the way down to 10th place. Wow! And that goes a lot of way with these organizers because many of the events that are done are in conjunction with a fundraiser or a good cause of some sort. So if you can have a sponsor come in, especially somebody with a name like Smithfield, and uh, contribute to not just the pork prizes, but to contribute to all the prizes that are going uh, out to the competitors. It's better for the competitors. There's more money for the organizers to put to their charities. Smithfield gets exposure to the barbecue community. It works for everybody.
3: And there's another program that Smithfield sponsors called Committed Cooks. What's that all about?
1: If you go to Facebook and you look up uh, the um, Smithfield Committed Cooks, I think it's actually called... BBHQ. Uh, now they've done some rebranding there. This is a place where if you sign up and you know say that you're going to commit to using Smithfield products for your turn-ins for competition barbecue, uh, first you get a swag bag from them, uh, which is really nice. You get aprons, you'll get a flag, a banner. They always have neat little things they put in there like a swag bag of sorts. Uh, so they give you some things that you can put on your trailer uh, so that you can show that not only you know, are you using the product, but you're also supporting them. And on that website, it gives you the opportunity that you can submit your entries. Other cooks can comment. You can ask questions. And even if you're not a, a committed cook and you're just a lurker and you want to see what's going on in the barbecue world, you can get on that page and you can learn from other pit masters. You can ask them questions. You know, hey, I saw that you did well here. You know, what did you do? And You'd be surprised how many pitmasters are willing to share information because I didn't learn what I learned completely on my own by any means. What I do has come from a combination of so many different pitmasters that have spent time to talk with me and share with me ideas. Now, it was up to me what to do with that information that I got. But just the willingness that other pitmasters have to uh, bring other new pitmasters up to speed is just amazing.
3: Well, we imagine the competition's pretty fierce. Uh, especially in something like the Smithfield Classic. Uh, so do you know most of the other competitors? Is the competition friendly or is it kind of
1: cutthroat? Uh, the competition's extremely friendly, and I'll tell you why. First, you know, KCBS or the Kansas City Barbecue Society uses a double-blind judging system. The judges don't know who we are, and we don't know who the judges are. Uh-huh. We, we might see them walk into the tent, and they might see us out in the field, but when we're given our box, uh, they have a number assigned on the top of it. At the turn-in table, that number gets changed. It gets overwritten with a sticker that's got a completely different number on it that we don't know what it is. So the judges uh, don't know what our number is once it's changed. We don't know what our number is once it's changed. And with that double-blind system, uh, it makes it pretty easy to uh, root for your friends because you know you don't know if you're competing directly against them on the same table, and you don't uh, you don't know uh, which judge is the one that uh, judged your food in particular. So. When somebody does well at one of these competitions, we know that they hit the right combination of flavor and tenderness, and they must have done a good job on building that box and making it look appetizing to impress whatever judges were on that table.
3: Well, it sounds like the Smithfield Classic was a raving success, and as usual, we've run out of time before we've run out of things we want to talk about, so can you stick around for another segment and maybe discuss some specific cooking techniques with us?
1: Happy
0: to do it. Stay patient. Dinner will be ready right after the smoke alarm goes off. Randy will be right back with more smoke and hot tips for you and your old plane right after this short break.
3: Hey, guys. Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware & Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware & Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, allspas.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke, Boyd's One Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dyke Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas, but they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice-and-ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's one-stop, the name says it all, 227 Dyke Road at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Hi friends, Randy Hames to tell you about Cellular and Satellite. Cellular and Satellite are specialists in wireless data plans for businesses. Because they buy in large quantities, Cellular and Satellite can give you a data plan on the same provider you're using today, but at a lower cost. Cellular and Satellite can also combine the two largest wireless providers into a single data plan. Two carriers with better coverage, but only one invoice to pay. If your workforce is international, Cellular and Satellite offers a global data sim with fixed pricing in over 200 countries. You'll never have to pay international roaming charges again with Cellular and Satellite. And they can handle all your wireless data needs whether you need 10 or 10,000 data sims. So if you're an IT professional, mobility manager or business owner, save money and increase your network availability by letting Cellular and Satellite simplify your wireless life. Call Cellular and Satellite today, 832-551-1000, or go to cellularandsatellite.com. Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on-site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a competitor Computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Seeley on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782.
0: Stand back. We've got our grill on. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dyke. Now, here's the grill father, Randy Haynes.
3: We're back with Charles Cridlin, who is a competitive cooker. He's also a member of the Kansas City Barbecue Society, KCBS. I thought that was a radio station at first.
1: (laughs) It is a radio station. There is a a KCBS uh, radio station, but... Uh, On the web, we are kcbs.us. That's how you would find us. Yeah. Uh, So uh, there's a little confusion there sometimes when you do uh, searches.
3: Yeah, I actually turned them down. They offered me a job many years ago. Uh, Anyway, thanks for taking time to visit with us on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show today, Chiles. We loved hearing about the Smithfield Classic that was held over the Labor Day weekend at Nissan Stadium in Nashville. But we want to pick your brain now about some low and slow cooking techniques that our backyard chefs can use at home. We've asked this question of several pitmasters in the past. It's always extremely interesting to hear the various takes that we get in response. So there are a lot of different styles of barbecue across the U.S. Give us your take on the difference between some of them, and we'll start with our own Texas style of barbecue. What distinguishes Texas barbecue from other styles?
1: Okay, so you're asking me from my perspective, who's a good old Virginia boy. So the first thing I'll say is that uh, when it comes to Texas barbecue, I think simple. I think salt, pepper, garlic, uh, not a whole lot of uh, crazy, unusual seasonings uh, that you could add into that. And I also think of mesquite. Uh, I don't think of pork. Uh, I would think of uh, beef and chicken uh, would be the first two things that would come to my mind on a, as a menu item. And it's my understanding that uh, in Texas, they had a lot of beef, but they didn't have a lot of pork. And as uh, barbecue grew as a culinary uh, category, I guess, if you will, uh, you use the things that are around you that you have close. I mean, this isn't a glamorous thing, so, you know, you don't have to have anything super special. But if you got yourself some good beef and you got yourself some good mesquite or maybe some post oak, uh, build yourself a fire and use the seasonings that you have, the, the salt and the pepper and the garlic, and uh, cook it until it's tender.
3: And you're a member of the Kansas City Barbecue Society. So what makes KC style so different?
1: Uh, Kansas City style, uh, I would say that would uh, that lends itself to uh, being more sweet uh, it is a tomato-based, uh, and the uh, number of spices that are available as, uh, I guess, cooking evolved, and this is my perspective again, you know, the, the further west that you went, you had more access to spices. and if You had the, uh, uh, the tomato-based, a lot of those Kansas City barbecue-style sh- sauces, I think, are ketchup-based, uh, adding different spices, and uh, the uh, wood that you'd have, you have a, a bigger selection of wood, so you've got your hickory, and you've got your oak, uh, you've also got uh, your fruit trees uh, that you have access to. Um, gives you a different profile altogether. And uh, the big thing is is that you really get into the pork. You get into the ribs, and uh, you get into the pork shoulder and other cuts of pork uh, for smoking.
3: And Deep South is very different from either Texas or KC. So talk about Deep South Barbecue.
1: You know, the first thing I got to say when I talk about Deep South is uh, when I talk about when I cook brisket down there. And it's kind of a, you know, uh, a little bit of a running joke that I started, but there's some truth to it too. If I'm going to cook a brisket in Kansas City, I'm gonna put some sauce on it. I'm gonna put a sweet sauce on it, not a whole lot, but I'm gonna put that on this slice of brisket, paint it in, because I know those judges are looking for a little bit uh, of sweet. And uh, the same thing, uh, would uh, I would say if you're up in the Northeast, uh, like in Pennsylvania or New Jersey, they like a little bit of sweet on their brisket too. Uh, somebody asked me one time, well, if I'm down in Georgia or Alabama, uh, how much sweet sauce do I put on that? And I say, well, I pick up the uh, basting brush and I wave it over top of it, but I don't actually uh, touch a single slice. That's as much sweet as I'm willing to put on it if I'm cooking down there.
3: Wow. that's uh, That's really interesting. And Carolina is especially proud of its barbecue. What makes it stand out from the others?
1: Well, especially if you're on the Eastern Carolina side, you've got your mustard-based sauces and you've got, you know, your vinegar mustard or uh, a a sauce that's got heavy uh, mustard with it. And they do enjoy it. Actually, I enjoy it too, being from Virginia. uh, Virginia barbecue uh, sauce, uh, in some cases, you just take and add a little butter mustard to it and you could use it and it goes over really well in the Carolinas. That's uh they they still like sweet and there there are still some some places down there that you can get away with uh, that uh, you can use a nice sweet sauce but uh, in the Carolinas they really like that tang and if you go to some of the older establishments that have been around for a while like San Jones and the Starlight Inn and things like that. Your vinegar sauce down there is actually going to be a clear sauce. I mean, it's going to be apple cider vinegar, and you're going to have a lot of salt and pepper. Uh, you know, some um, uh, red pepper that you know that uh, gives it a little bit more kick, and something about that acid mixed with the fat uh, that the rendered fat that's in that pork just makes for a great tasting barbecue.
3: But no matter what style of barbecue you prefer, there are some low and slow techniques that are really kind of common to all of them. And we'd like to get your guidance on that. Overall, what's your single best piece of advice on how to achieve that perfect outcome in our next backyard barbecue cookout?
1: Well, plan to take your time doing it. Don't be in a rush. And And I say that because the lower and slower that you cook, The more room you have for error, Uh, even bad barbecue that's been cooked slow and slow. I say bad. I mean, all barbecue is good. Some is just better than others, right? Right. You know, that's that's what I tell everybody. (laughs) So if you're, you, you don't have to start off with an expensive cut of meat. Uh, you know, go to your local grocery store and pick something that looks good. You don't have to spend a lot of time trimming it either. You don't have to cut all the fat. Please don't cut all the fat off of it. <laughs> uh, uh, that, that, that's where all the flavor comes from. Absolutely. But, you know, I, I'm going to use a pork butt, for example. You know, uh, so so you find yourself a, an inexpensive pork shoulder. You can get them on sale. Uh, if they are on sale, you know, buy an extra one and put it in your freezer. Find yourself a rub uh, that uh, there are tons of choices out there. You don't have to uh, uh, go look for anything super special. Uh, You know, one that you might have at your grocery store is probably going to be just fine. You know, as long as it's got a balance of sweet and heat, not ever salty, you don't have to inject it for it to be good as long as you leave the fat on it. Uh, give the outside of the product a you know a nice uh, dusting, and they say rub it in, but you're really patting it in. You're pressing it into the meat, and let it sit in your refrigerator uh, for six to eight hours uh, before you uh, put it in the smoker. Uh, some people will let it sit out on the counter for an hour or two. You don't want to let it get too warm out there. Uh, the idea is is that uh, you know you want uh, to uh, uh, let that rub sweat in, uh, and start to build a bark. Uh, and I talk about bark. I, I tell people that to me, uh, the bark on a piece of pork is, you know, it's like icing on the cake. It's the first thing you taste. Uh, and it's going to be the one, the piece that's got the most flavor to it. It's going to have a little chew to it. And then it's going to be have the tender meat that's up underneath of it. So let it sweat, let it build up that bark and then put it in the smoker, uh, But you can pick a temperature, you know, maybe 250 or 275 degrees. You're not going to dry the product out when you cook it like that. And cook it until it gets to, you know, the bark gets a nice, you know, a color and where it looks like it's ready to eat, but the internal temperature is going to be about 165. Okay, and this is important, and I'll tell you why. When it gets to 165, it's going to start to sweat and it's going to start to lose moisture on the inside. This is where I find it beneficial to either use uh, the, the butcher paper that you see that um, barbecue chefs wrap, wrap meat in, or you, if you use the Texas Crunch or what we call aluminum foil. Wrap it up. Maybe put a little fruit juice in there, a little bit of your vinegar barbecue sauce in there with it and wrap it tight. Put it back in and cook it until you reach a temperature that the meat feels soft. That could be anywhere from maybe 190 to 205 degrees, depending upon the cut of meat, how big it is and how much fat it has in it. Uh, but, uh, when you probe it with a thermometer, you're not looking for just a temperature. Uh, at, at some point in time, that thermometer is just going to disappear into the meat itself. And you're going to be like, Holy heck, what the heck happened? It feels like there's nothing in here. <laughs> that's it. That's, that's when you pull it off. Uh, and if it's a big cut of meat, I might open the foil a little bit to let it vent, uh, just enough to where it stops steaming. And then I'm going to wrap it in a towel and I'm going to leave it sit on the counter. Here's the next important tip. Leave it on the counter, uh, for an hour or so. Uh, to uh, let it cool down before you pull it. If you take a pork butt that's over 180 degrees and you start pulling it, all that steam coming off of it is just drying out the meat. Uh, if it cools down to you know any anywhere above 135, I don't like it to get less than 135. That's just food safety right there. So, But if I'm pulling a pork butt in, uh, into pieces that I'm going to put on a sandwich and it's like 150 degrees, I'm not losing all that moisture. The meat's had a chance to rest and the moisture's come back in there. And you'll end up with a product uh, that... Uh, Uh, your guests are just going to be excited about
3: my goodness once again we have run out of time before we ran out of things we wanted to talk about we couldn't even talk about brisket and chicken which are big time favorites here in the great state of texas i guess we'll just have to have you back on child's and talk about that another time okay sounds great this has been child's cridlin he's the number seven pitmaster in the world According to the KCBS, he's soon back to number four. Don't worry. We appreciate your time today, Childs, and good luck on your next cooking competition. Thank you much. Life is short. Grill while you can.
0: Randy will be right back with more food and fun after this break.
3: Randy Hames here, proud to introduce you to Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Sealy on Highway 36 in Belleville. My good friends Jared and Marcus Poffenberger operate Belleville Meat Market, an old-fashioned butcher shop with superior products and great customer service. There's always a butcher on-site at Belleville Meat Market, and their new processing plant is right next door. Hunters, a computer tracking system will follow your venison, wild hog, or exotics through every step of the process to ensure you get your meat your way. At Belleville Meat Market, you can pick and choose the cuts of beef, pork, or chicken you want, and they feature 28 flavors of pecan smoked sausage. Plus, Belleville Meat Market only uses lean pork in their sausage, so you get more meat and less fat. Tailgaters, drop by on your way to the game and get just what you need to feed your crew. Belleville Meat Market, just 15 minutes south of Hempstead and 15 minutes north of Seeley on Highway 36 in Belleville. Visit BellevilleMeatMarket.com or call 979-865-5782. It's Randy Hames again. Everybody needs a video or a new website or help in managing their social media, and my company, Edgewater Digital, can help. We help small businesses navigate the intimidating world of digital marketing. You've got a business to run and you don't have time or expertise to build and maintain your website all by yourself and you certainly don't have time to generate content for it. And when's the last time you had an extra hour or two to manage your company's internet ads or social media accounts? Like never, right? Well at Edgewater Digital, that's what we do. We have a talented web design team who've built a number of incredibly successful websites for companies large and small. Need content too? No problem. Edgewater can provide copywriting, photography, and videography services to enhance the content on your website, email marketing, or even social media. We're a full-service digital marketing solution with a track record of success. Call us today at 832-500-4272 or see our website edgewater-digital.com. Hey guys, Randy Hames here to tell you about my good friend Rick Allspa at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique in Kingwood. I've known Rick for years, and he's one of the finest Christian men I've ever met, but he's also got a dynamite hardware store at 2720 West Lake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has everything you'd expect to find in a top-of-the-line hardware store, but with the personal service that's missing from the big-box stores. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique has tools and automotive, lawn and garden, electrical and plumbing, paint and hardware, all under one roof. But Rick is also an avid backyard chef, so the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique features a complete barbecue pit house. From gas to charcoal grills to fryers and steamers, they've got it all at the original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique. They even offer grill maintenance and repair. Visit their website, Allspa's.com, or just drop by and see for yourself. The original Allspa's Hardware and Boutique at 2720 Westlake Houston Parkway in Kingwood. Boyd's One-Stop, the name says it all. If you like seafood, you'll love Boyd's, conveniently located at the base of the Texas City Dyke, Boyd's One-Stop has bait, tackle, fresh seafood, and even a restaurant all at 227 Dike Road. If you fish Galveston Bay, Boyd's is the one and only stop for everything you need. There's a reason why they're called the live shrimp capital of Texas, but they've also got lots of finger mullet, croaker, plus fresh dead shrimp, shad, and squid. Plus, Boyd's has tackle galore, ice and ice chests, and cold drinks and snacks. Just need fresh fish for a family seafood feast? The freshest seafood, like table shrimp, live blue crab, and crawfish when in season, is in stock and ready for you at Boyd's. And if you're hungry right now, check out Boyd's Cajun Grill Express right next door, with a wide variety of breakfast, lunch, and dinner items like crawfish, oyster po'boys, and fried seafood platters. Boyd's One Stop, the name says it all, $227 road at the base of the Texas City Dike.
0: May the forks be with you. This is the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Boyd's One Stop is located at the base of the Texas City Dike. Now here's the guy who turns all the grills
3: on, Randy Hames. Never underestimate the power of one 10-minute conversation. It can completely change your state of mind because I have found... Every time I spend ten minutes talking to this guy, I always come away with a better attitude about life. Here is my old Hudson and Harrigan Show radio partner, Fred Olson. How you doing
2: there, sunshine? Oh, you know, as little kids, I was going,
3: ah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> Thank you. That's it's it's a, you know it's just great. We've had such a great life, you know, on the radio, and we've known each other a long time, and we were man back in our twenties when we met. I mean, we, we were just children, and <laughs> we were. <laughs> And we still are, in some <laughs> respects, in and, and, and a good way, though. I think we still can laugh. And, and if you lose your sense of humor and some of the childlike quality about you, I think you miss a lot of the good stuff in life. So,
3: And plus, our grandchildren think we're really cool because we're just big kids.
2: <laughs> That's it.
3: That's the whole idea. Well, I always come away with a better attitude about life after I talk to you, my brother. Then on the other hand, there's the Texans. Ooh. Last week, we ended the show with me saying something like, next week we'll talk about football, and you said, we'd better. Do you still feel the same way after that Thursday night game?
2: Well, I feel that we're all in a serious race to the bottom. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, you know, because you look at how many bad teams are perennially bad, but, I mean, the Jaguars kind of surprised me. I thought Urban Meyer, and I like watching the kid from Clemson, uh, Lawrence. I mean, he he just a lot of poise, but unfortunately, as someone once said, uh, when you're in the NFL, you play Alabama every Sunday. Yeah. So to see him kind of struggle, but hey, that's what rookies do when you throw them in there like that. A few are really good, you know, who really, you know, can come in and start looking pretty good pretty fast. But and then there's, of course, the Jets and the Giants and the Falcons kind of suck. And then. Like, even Pittsburgh is just playing crap right now. They're just really not very good.
3: And that makes my
2: heart sing. <laughs> yeah, I, I could tell it's hurting you when you're having to. Get it. But they had, they had an easy schedule last year. They're not a lot of easy teams. All these new offenses happening, a lot of young coaching happening, a lot of stars. And yeah, the Texans, they're doing exactly what we kind of hope they would do yeah. not be too good
3: <laughs> well davis mills is obviously not teron taylor but uh, Taylor taylor's not mr stinky poo number four but i'll take mills or taylor over that other guy but i looked some stuff up uh, rookie quarterbacks as a whole are not doing really well uh, as a matter of fact rookie quarterbacks who have started games are one and ten hmm. on the year and the only reason why one of them won one game is because there were two rookie quarterbacks that started <laughs> that game and one of them had to
2: win <laughs> you, you know it, it's really kind of sad because a lot of the rookies that get thrown into that get so beaten up like when we had Carr when they when they uh Texans first started. He just got hammered. He, he was the most hit quarterback, I think, every year. Uh, and after a while, you know, they just they just get beat up and, and they lose, I think, that sense of, uh, of drive and I can do anything kind of attitude. You look at Matthew Stafford now that he's out on the West Coast. Look at how good he is. Uh-huh. And in Detroit, he just, you know, they were just hopeless. Yeah, and and still kind of are. Yeah, and I loved watching him play this last weekend, and and it was just it was fun to see this guy who's a great field general with uh, the tools around him to really execute. I went, man, this guy's still good.
3: Well, actually, I thought Mills acquitted himself very. Wait a minute, maybe that's not the right term to use. Given number four, <laughs> maybe I should rephrase that. Yeah. Uh, I thought Mills did a pretty good job uh, considering he's a rookie and it's his first
2: NFL start. What did you think? Yeah, I mean, he, he wasn't horrible. He he tried to manage the game as good as possible, as well as possible. And Tim Kelly gave everybody kind of simple things. Maybe they loosen up a bit and go, what do we got to lose? Nothing. Just go out and have fun, sling the ball and uh, just go out and play.
3: Well, I had the same thought, you know. For the Texans, this year is about next year, or maybe even the year after that, because we all know that they're not going to win the Super Bowl this year. Heck, they're not—they're not, they're not going to win more than a handful of games. So, why not find out what Davis Mills has got before the draft in the spring?
2: Yeah, exactly. It's just, it's kind of fun to watch, and you, know, you see him out there, and there are times he has it all together, and you go, "Wow, good for the kid." And there are times you go, "Hmm." Uh, yeah. So, you know, and I was thinking, I saw an article that said, well, the Texans have softened their stance at what they want for Deshaun Watson. Then you watch all these rookie quarterbacks and all these teams that still suck after year after year. And in the spring, they go, we're going to be pretty good this year. And then by four or five games into the season, they go, you know, we're going to need a new quarterback. So hang on to Deshaun and get the most you can.
3: Well, that's something else that i kind of looked into, apparently, a- according to to rumor, you know. Yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. You know, I don't know whether that's true or not. Uh they turned down three first round draft picks and three second round draft picks. They turned that down. Now, I was under the impression that was what they were looking for. So I'm a little confused here. Of course I usually am.
2: <laughs> well, you know, the the sports sections that I read every day, just looking for clicks, clickbait. Hey, that another Deshaun Watson story. And then you go, wait, this is really kind of old news maybe it's just rumor no one knows an unnamed source that's my favorite
3: well those three first round picks and three second round picks sound pretty good to me but there's a guy named matt weston on battle red blog you read that a lot right i do every day and he says there's no hurry if the texans take that offer in the middle of the season they don't know where those picks are going to land in the first and second round until after the season is over. And his thinking is that they should wait until after the season so they'll know exactly where those picks will fall, what they'll be
2: worth. What do you think of that? Sure. Well, yeah. I mean, we're going to pay them anyway. There's no hurry. There's no sense of urgency uh, because we're not going to run out of quarterbacks. I mean, if if, uh, Davis goes down, we'll just bring up Driscoll or they bring somebody in and they'll just kind of wait through the season and do the best they can. But yeah, just, I mean, one, I mean, Deshaun is really kind of an afterthought, except in the sports writers' minds at this point, maybe. Yeah. So it's like we keep dragging him out going, they ain't going to do anything. I'll just sit and wait. What are you going to lose, really? Because no one's going to take him without some kind of assurance that his legal issues are going to get resolved somehow. So you don't know. No one really knows. And we just carry on. And I love the fight and the spirit of these guys, man. They can play. A lot of teams can play a good half of football against anybody. It's a, it's a third and fourth quarter when you're really getting beat down and, and they're ahead by enough to just run at you and just wear you down. And, but our, I mean, the guys go out there, they're, they're uh, professionals. They've, most of them have played. Most of them are veterans and they want another contract. So, you know, I just like to see their spirit on the sideline, and and I hope they maintain that through the whole year just because it's fun to watch people who really are playing just for the joy of it and and to to prove a point. Get the chip, you know, with a chip on their shoulder, man. I love that.
3: And, you know, Fred, meanwhile, the Colts. And Carson are 0-3. And the Dolphins and Tua are (laughs) 0-3. And the longer the Texans hold off on making some kind of trade, the hungrier those teams are going to get. I don't know about you. But I don't make real sound decisions when I get hangry. Do you?
2: <laughs> no, I, you know it's, it's going to be a team that really sucks. Is going to want to pay a lot for him
1: because mm-hmm.
2: nobody who's good's going to go. Yeah, let's get to Sean and just put it. You know, it's going to be someone who probably can offer some pretty good first round picks and and second round picks and maybe a defensive player or two. Who knows? It's it's all conjecture, and, and it's our whole, you know, career is hey, what if? <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, speaking of food. We talked to Childs Cridlin. He's a competitive cooker. He's actually listed as the number seven pit master in the world by the Kansas City Barbecue Society. And he talked about some cool ideas for low and slow smoking outdoors. If you didn't hear it, you can hear it on the podcast on our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. But what have you cooked up lately?
2: See, we've been doing that ninja foodie. Uh, Bev did a pork shoulder last week for a a benefit church, and it was great she, it was so good that, that she made another one, a smaller one. So we just we make it and freeze it and you know kind of pay it forward and eat it later or whatever. And so we did the shoulder. I haven't cooked out much except maybe a steak or two or some salmon on the grill. real simple., uh, but it's, we're getting to that season now. We're hanging around outside for a few hours. There's no problem.
3: Yeah, I walked outside last night. There was a nice, cool breeze coming from the southeast, and I thought to myself, where
2: am i am i in <laughs> houston is this real is this a dream <laughs> it's my favorite season you know it's the time of the year it gets darker earlier which i used to love because we when we went to bed at nine o'clock dark was great and uh now i'm kind of missing all that sunlight but hey it's a trade-off i'll take the cool weather come on baby come on
3: Well, my man, I already have a better attitude about life just because I spent 10 minutes talking to you. I love you, brother. Have a great weekend. Good, I'll send you a bill.
0: (laughs) We hope you've enjoyed this edition of the Void Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. Send us your burning questions and favorite recipes in a private message on our Facebook page, The Outdoor Cooking Show, or visit our website, theoutdoorcookingshow.com. Join us next week for more tasty food and fun over a Red Hot Grill on the Boyd Seafood Outdoor Cooking Show. How's about cooking something helping me?